Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I see Seem fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Here we are, episode 209. I am in the All Things Comedy studio. And uh, this is a listener email episode. You will also be able to watch this if you want to see my, just my adorable face. I even put a little makeup on for you all this morning. I think I put a little too much on, but that's okay. The camera won't. Whatever. Um and that is on the All Things Comedy YouTube page. Is that right, Mr. Aaron? Can we can, tell them? Yes. Tell it's uh, YouTube.com slash ATC. Slash ATC. No need to say All Things Comedy, people. ATC. Keep it simple. Oh, my God. Look at this little drink cozy. I hate when people say koozie. I don't really think that's – that doesn't make sense to me. Oh, it doesn't fit on this. Someday I will find an appropriate – Thing to put this on. Can people see that? Mm-hmm. Can they see it here? Yeah. I'm covering up the logo. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, listener email episode. Um, we're just going to go. I, I've, I have a bunch printed out. And then I was like, wait a minute. These are so old. And I think I just need to go and do what I call random pick them out of the bag, go straight to the Gmail account. So, Let's just do some business up front. And if you're watching this, you'll be like, this is so boring. Yeah, you're watching a podcast. I don't know what to tell you. You ever watch a radio show? I can't do any extra bells and whistles. All I could do was put on some makeup and and wear the jewelry from my jewelry line. Um, You can go to Bobble Bar, B-A-U-B-L-E, bar.com, and search my name or go to my homepage of my website, jenkirkman.com, and then all the info is there. I have a limited edition fun word necklace line that lasts until December 31st. You are going to love it. And every time you buy a necklace, you get points so that you can actually get a discount the next time you buy one. So kind of the more you shop, the more you save. And first-time buyers, I think, always get 15% off. They're great, fun gifts. You can get really like fancy, expensive ones that say things like child-free or over 40 if you're an older woman with means. If not, there's acrylic versions of everything. Some say feminist. Some say cat lady. Some say goals. Some say boss. Some say not today. As in, I can't deal with it. Some say taken, single. It's all just like fun phrases that um, it's 30-ish, 20-nothing. Uh, um, it'll be fun. So, 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 so. I wanted to read. Oh, so anyway, if you ever want to write to me, uh, write to iseemfun at gmail.com. And you can tell me things that you might want to talk about on the podcast. You can um, ask me questions. You can, I mean, I suppose you can uh, ask for advice, but... Uh, Anyway, I don't really know. I don't always have such good advice on things, but okay. So somebody asked me this 
and I think it's one of the funniest questions I've got from a guy, but I think it's a, a good explanation that I'm going to go into that, that I think will help everybody when it comes to this culture. Everybody is harassing everybody up in here. Harvey Weinstein, not Charlie Sheen. Uh, but that one is crazy. That one is he had sex with Corey Haim as a kid. Charlie Sheen? Charlie Sheen during the filming of Lucas. Remember that movie? You got your Winona. You got your... Um, mm-hmm. And Corey Feldman wrote about it in his book, and he'd always been talking about these pedophiles that prey on young boys. So Charlie Sheen was 19, Corey Haim was 13, and he said that Charlie was like, let's have sex. That's all guys, and all older guys and guys do it in Hollywood. It's like totally a thing. And Corey Haim was like, okay, and he kind of got raped. That's, that's what um, the explosive new claim is. Wow. And Corey Feldman has been, you know, he's been saying I'm going to undercover, blow open this pedophile thing. I don't think he was just talking about Charlie Sheen. I think he meant like producers. But um, but anyway, well, that's a great way to start a podcast. Is Why did I have to say that? <clears throat> that my email that I'm going to read from someone is about shoes. It's not even about that kind of harassment. I'll, but listen, I'm just saying, I think it's a good time to clarify some things. So before we do all that, by the time this episode comes out, by the time I get to Phoenix, wait, it comes out next week, right? Yeah. It comes out Tuesday. So people, oh my God, I'm about to hit Ohio and I'm so, ugh, I'm driving. Well, I'm not driving. I'm flying to Cleveland. Then I have dates in Cincinnati and then Columbus. I drive all the time. I'm on the 405 and I'm an LA woman. LA woman. Thank you. And, but it's going to be raining and I don't like to drive in cities I'm not familiar with, with the rain. I assume some tractor trailer truck's going to hit me. So I'm keeping my eye on the rain. I just don't like the way other people drive. Um, and I fear I'm going to have to, at the last minute, book stupid plane tickets from Cleveland to Columbus, Columbus to Cincinnati, even though there's no straight through flights. So for what is going to be a three hour drive, oh, it equals the same thing, though. It's a three hour flight, you know, with changing planes and everything. It's just that I have to get on a plane every day. But then the tour's over. So I don't really know what to do. Um, oh, no, I can't fly because I'm taking two giant suitcases because I'm going to see my family after that. And so the baggage fees every day and then the check-in, I wouldn't be able to fly and just do my usual carry-on. So I'm going to have to be a brave girl and drive in the rain in Ohio, and that's going to freak my deke out. And I'm going to get depressed, and I'm going to go, if I were famous, I wouldn't have to worry about this. I'd have someone driving me around. But you know what? Tracy Morgan, look at him, a millionaire. And he was in a, a party bus kind of car, and he almost lost his life from a crash. So it, it doesn't uh, – inconvenience is not for the non-famous only and fear. However, I am eyes eyes on the weather. Eyes on the weather. Um, okay, oh, I'm getting a really interesting text. Okay. This thing? Oh, so I'm going to be in Cleveland Wednesday the 13th at Hilarity's Comedy Club, one of my favorite comedy clubs. They said, uh, I said, can I just do one night? Because I can't be sitting in town for three days doing five shows because I, I want to go all through Ohio. They said, sure, Jen. Jen Kirkman, anything for you, they said. And so you can go there. And I know you think, I don't like comedy clubs. I'm a punk rocker who goes, this is the comedy club you like. And the guy, Nick, that runs it is an amazing older gentleman. And they've always treated me right. And they let the lady comics come there at any stage in their career. And they're not dicks. So I would love you to go to Cleveland Hilarities. And it's right in that little cute area where everything is now. It used to be a very sketchy area. I used to have to get walked from the club to my hotel, which was next door. So that's how sketchy it used to be. Um, I am not staying in the hotel next door. So don't anybody come in and try to, you know, get something. Um, but if you buy tickets for those, Cincinnati, I'm in the Taft Ballroom. I, I, uh, that one needs some help. That's a bigger venue. I would really love it. Columbus, I think by the time you hear this, it is probably sold out. That's a smaller venue. Um, so if you buy tickets, hashtag it JKTOR2017 and tweet at me. I will retweet you. I'll put the name of the venue. They love it. They go, you don't understand how easy it is to please. Uh, anyone, when you tag the name of their venue, they're like, oh my God, thank you. It's like, it's not that big a deal. Um, okay, so that's what you can do. Please follow this account at I Seem Fun Podcast on Twitter. All of my back episodes exist on SoundCloud. I don't know. I mean, there's so much for you to do. I think you need to take the day off to service the Jen Kirkman train. Facebook.com slash I Seem Fun Podcast. We post every episode 
description up there with original artwork. And that's where people go and they chat with each other. And sometimes I drop by and the comments are always really fun. It's my favorite place to go on the Internet. Besides that and besides the chocolate bar, I don't even I don't like chocolate and I'm here to announce it and I don't know what's wrong with me. And I'm sorry. I don't try not to like it. It just isn't my first choice of sweet candy or cake, you know? Give me a vanilla cake with vanilla frosting any fucking day. So do you know that there is a correlation between the kind of food cravings you have and what kind of drug addict you would be if you were one? Now this I'm interested in. You are? Yeah, yeah. I went to see a nutritionist when I was having problems with my acid reflux and I basically was looking for more than someone just telling me these are acidic foods, don't eat them. Because that we know, you know, your lemons, your wines, your tomatoes, your onions don't eat right before bed. I knew that and it was still really bad. So, you know, our body chemistry, if you eat certain things with certain things, it can reduce the acid. So I needed like an expert to be like, no, actually you can eat lemon as long as you stand on your head at 10 a.m. and have it with milk or whatever. So I wanted to find out, like maybe just put together a good diet plan for me for the three months that I was trying to um, fix my voice before my Netflix special last year. So anyway, I went to this nutritionist and she was talking about how to stick to the program so that I don't get miserable because it's a miserable existence, the acid-free diet and the, and the reflux-free diet because it's no, you can't have anything. And I don't eat meat anyway, but lean protein like fish is okay. So I have some fish, but no dairy, no meat, no gluten, basically like Certain kinds of vegetables, most vegetables are other quite berries, even like raspberries. So it's like, I mean, it was bad. Anyway, but um, I lost so much weight. I fit, I fit in my Auschwitz clothes. Come on. Why would you tell me to do that joke? Aaron wrote that on a piece of paper. So, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he held it up and I read that joke. Um, anywho, it wasn't to lose weight, but you can't help but lose weight when you're eating a piece of paper every day. So she had me take this test to figure out what my cravings were because it would it would help her decide what kind of like blood sugar I have. So like what levels to keep me at so that I'm not craving during certain times of the day or take a certain amino acid pill or whatever. But if you crave like street sugar, you're like a gummy person, which I am, um, heroin addict, that's what you would be. If you're a chocolate and coffee, like you cannot live without it, cocaine addict, that's what you would be. So I don't have all the results here, and I should have not brought it up until I had it. But there's something about... I'm a a bread and cheese person. Where is that? Oh. Oh, me too. I crave bread and cheese over any kind of candy. But I think she was talking about... I think it was specifically like what type of sugar Hmm. fix do you need? Um, I'm going to see... You sound like a good old-fashioned Quaalude kind of guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm going to look this up. But, yeah, bread and cheese. Oh, no, no, I'm just getting – now I'm just getting uh, things about sugar addiction. If you crave bread and cheese, what does that mean? Because maybe it means something about your blood. By the way, is is that a bad thing to crave? Oh, it's a – what your cravings are secretly telling you about your health. All right, chocolate. Um, it means you're on a diet that's too restrictive. Sugar candy. It means you're pre-diabetic, which it is. I'm also pre-diabetic. And apparently um, in a previous life, a heroin addict. Carbs like bread and pasta, you're actually craving sugar. Hmm. See above. So you might be with me um, going into dark alleys and getting this stuff. Once a starchy food gets past the back of your tongue, your body treats it the same way as sugary treats. You might reach for a bagel or a bowl of pasta before dipping into your candy stash. I don't. So, yeah, you just want sugar. I don't know the cheese part. I don't know. It doesn't even have cheese in here. French fries. Oh, cheese. It means you're actually craving sugar. Same thing. You might think of cheese as a potent source of fat and protein, but your brain knows better. Cheese contains natural milk sugars. Ah. And it means you're not getting enough calcium or vitamin D. Hmm. All right. Well, tie me off, Jen. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is so weird because, yeah, of course you're not getting enough calcium and you crave it. Okay, so great. It seems to be working out. Um, It seems to be working out that if you're not getting calcium and you crave cheese, that seems the body is running as it should. Um, 
Anyway, who the fuck cares what I'm saying? So there's all that. I know. Oh, my God. I I can't really eat cheese anymore at all. But dipping. Oh, my God. It doesn't get better. Fondue, of course. Mm-hmm. But just like some any kind of cheese, like brie cheese on a piece of bread. And then what if you dipped it in some like marinara sauce? Even that. Oh, yeah. I, olive oil, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mm-hmm. had a great smoked Gouda the other day. Oh. Now, did you have it in America? Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. I know you just went on these travails, travails, yeah. travels. Now, does that taste a little meat-ish? It does. Okay. Those ones freak me out. Yeah, yeah. But I like um, anything melty. Like a hard cheese, get out of my face. Yeah, me too. What's the point of that? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. I might have to – I don't know. I don't know, people. I can't eat cheese during this whole voice endeavor – so um, during this whole tour, so maybe I'll have a little bit on Christmas just to, you know, I got to live a little. I'm technically a vegan, though, but I'm, I'm a dairy-free person. Let's put it that because I eat fish and I eat eggs, which I think are fantastic. And um, I try to, you know, not eat ones that like they beat the chicken and stuff. <laughs> um, even though eggs technically aren't, I think there's some kind of, th- I don't know. It's not really an animal rights thing, to be honest. So I hate to say that to people. It's just, yeah, it's probably just the farming technique, mm-hmm. it, but the the physical process is not, it's not an aborted fetus. It's an unfertilized egg. Oh, no, that I know, but I'm wondering yeah. if they're making them pump out, like with all these hormones, pump out more eggs than they naturally should. Potentially, yeah. I think some places are, but if if I was by the ones that say cage-free, horm- everything free, I'm like, I trust it. Here we go. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, who knows what they're, who yeah. knows what they're saying? Because um, I could slap a, a non-offensive sticker on this for the iTunes, and then people open it up. And it's like fuck, fuck, fuck. So people lie, everybody. All right. Anyway, after, for fuck's sake. Oh, this episode is brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company. We'll be getting to that in a minute. Now, here's a question someone asked me, and I think it's fantastic. And I think here's where I'm going to educate the men's. Um, hi, Jen. I really like women's fashion, but since I'm a straight male, it's almost impossible for me to keep my genuine love for women's shoes from being perceived as something sexually motivated. So if I ever wanted to tell a woman that I thought her shoes were goddamn awesome, I wouldn't because of all the sexual politics implied in men commenting on women's appearances. Yeah, I know. I'm a real hero. Somebody get me a medal. That's not the problem. But it does lead me to a hypothetical question that I'd be interested in hearing you think about, talk about, and answer. Would it be unethical for me to pretend I'm gay in order to give a fancy lady I saw on the street what I think would be a much-deserved compliment on her excellent taste and fashionable attire? I'm 99.5% sure I would never actually do this, but it has occurred to me on a few occasions. And I figured I should try to get an answer. And I have no one else to turn to. (laughs) That's from, um, well, he didn't say if I could say his name, so I won't. Grant. Okay. I have so much to say on this. First of all, let's just break it down. Uh, Yes, I do think you should pretend you're gay. We'll get into that. But let me break it down for the men's. Now, here's the problem. Is there's so many things in culture that are going on between men and women. And let's just talk about the bad men that we're talking about. But again, we don't know when we don't know someone personally, and even if we do, we don't know who is angling to drag us into a van and cut us up, assault us, harass us, humiliate us. And again, all, you know, sexual harassment, sexual assault really isn't about sex because we see it happening with people who aren't even gay and they assault their own gender or people who are straight and, you know, and, and, you know, whatever, like Terry Crews is junk got, got bunched by a... his agent or a producer, and it was a straight guy. So, and Terry Crews is a straight guy. So, assault and all that getting in people's space is never usually about a sexual dynamic. Then, of course, you do have your men who hit on ladies and think we're just waiting at the bus stop to uh, fall in love with you. And not that we're not that you can't meet people. You know, what am I supposed to not meet people? It's like it just seems weird that you're like if someone hit on me at a bus stop, and, and let's say I was interested in him, like just based on his look and a vibe, I would go, you know, something is weirding me out here that he did it at a bus stop. Does he do it to everyone? Is like a, he, is he like a, um, is that like his scam? You know what I mean? Like he makes women fall in love with him in a bus stop and he has five women in every port. 
you know, I would think from that all the way to, is this a rapist? So, but it's not just sexual stuff. When a woman is walking down the street, she wants to feel the way men want to feel too. And and I, I am prone to think there are a lot of men walk around as naturally feeling this way, which God bless. That's how we, we all should feel. As a woman is walking around, she just doesn't want to be thought of. The perfect example is in comedy. If I'm like hanging out with comedian dudes and we're like, yeah, blah, 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 and doing our comedy thing. And then someone says something that reminds me, oh, yeah, I'm a woman. I'm different. I'm other. I'm, you know, I'm part of this gender that for histories has history, centuries, decades has been, you know, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You can't be this. You can't be that. So when I'm walking down the street, I just want to feel part of society, just like everybody does. You know, I don't want to feel like people are going to stare at me or be like, whatever. So. It's just that when men approach us in public, they can get hostile when we don't respond back and we don't know who is who and who's going to do what. And I have had compliments from men on my accessories and purses, and it has been completely appropriate. And you just have to think about your environment. And if you're startling someone and taking them out of their, you know, whatever, I'm always a fan of, and this happens in New York City a lot. Um, New York is just, it's a runway, Aaron. It's a runway. Everyone is walking. They walk. Even if you dress like crap, it's your little, it's your runway for your crappy outfit. And people shout things out at each other. I've shouted things out at women. And, you know, um, I mean, it's different because it's coming from a woman. But people all the time are like, awesome shirt. Like, it's just kind of fun. And I think it's really cool. And I think a woman might appreciate that a man is looking at her shoe. Of course, there's the foot fetish people. And you're like, oh, there's a guy foot fetish. Um, as long as you don't, here's the thing. You don't want to appear like you want anything from her. You don't want to appear like you're hitting on her. You don't want to appear like you're going to follow her. You don't want to appear like you're going to hurt her. The thing is, there's no way for you to appear that way because we don't know until we know. We could see like, you know, I think even women are learning as we, I mean, it, it's amazing what we're still learning is that we used to trust people, I think, based on what they were wearing, or if they're a friend of the family. Look at the pedophilia. This this answer is so much darkness to it that I don't need it to. But I think one of the biggest reasons that the pedophilia scandal in the Catholic Church was so crazy um, in Boston, where I grew up, is that priests are kind of a part of your life. You, you have priests over for dinner. They're your friends or surrogate babysitter. They're they're who your kids trust. And and so even if a woman has a priest over and that woman is avail- uh, aware Men are predators sometimes. Men are, they harm women or they harm people. Oh, well, he's a priest and he's in the house and he's my friend, so he wouldn't harm anybody. It's like we all have realized, oh, my God, anybody is capable of anything. So we sort of, we're not even trying to do it. It's instinct. We're just like suspicious until proven otherwise. And, you know, I don't have every day, all day long to go sit down with every man I see on the street and like really figure out, are you a safe person? And that's what it is. Are you a safe person? Not a good person, not a what are your intentions person, a safe person. So we just sort of keep our heads down. You know, um, Aaron and I were just discussing, he was in uh, Italy and he was in Rome and he was saying there's a lot of those uh, like tourist chasers, right? Like, come in here, no line, no line. Yeah, no line, no line. And how do you feel? You just want to, like, bat them away and go, let me have my own headspace right now, right? Yeah. Well, that's how women feel when we walk down the street. Well, that's how everyone feels when they walk down the street. Nobody wants to be bothered. So it's it's sometimes, like, that. it's that vibe in a weird way where we're like, I don't know what you want. You want something. I'm sure your thing isn't a scam. I'm sure you really do have a way for me to get into the Coliseum. The Coliseum. I just... You're shady. Something's up. You're going to rip me off. You're going to bother me. I'm going to have to sign. Just, I'm getting a vibe. I'm getting a vibe. And that's what women get with certain guys. And sometimes we don't get the vibe. We sometimes we don't trust our instincts. So it's just better for us to treat everyone as though they are annoying, pesky, whatever you called them. Tourist harassers. Tourist harassers. So, sir, I would say this. Um... If a woman is reading at a bar alone and you're sitting at a bar also reading alone and you're just dying to tell her you like her shoes, that might be kind of uncomfortable for her, even if she's nice. She might be sitting there going, oh, God, please don't keep talking to me. Oh, God, please don't keep talking to me. So it might be a thing where on your way out, you would go, hey, um, and you could even say not to be a creep, not that like you get to decide if you're a creep, we'll tell you, but you could just say, um, I hope this doesn't bother you. Or you don't even have to say that. You can just go, I'm... I, I'm a guy who loves shoes, and I think those are fantastic. You don't even have to say you look great in them or look at the curve of your foot. I mean, don't start getting weird. 
But just say, I think those shoes are fantastic. They seem fun. I mean, I did a whole bit in my Netflix special about a guy who pulled up to me in a truck in North Carolina to tell me he was fascinated by my uh, these little boots on and they had like a giant platform heel. Now, the fact that he was in a truck and drove by me and then stopped and rolled back and yelled out the window was the thing that freaked me out because <laughs> I'm alone at dusk in North Carolina. What he said did not freak me out. Hello. Um, so I think it's fine, especially if you're in a busy city. It's hustle. It's bustle. You're walking down the street and you just yell out to someone like, hey, nice shoes. I'm getting my picture taken by by Brenton. And I'm trying to act like I'm just being natural. What? Oh, you're doing a video. Oh, he's doing a video. Anyway, well, none of this seems natural now. Don't tell Bill Burr I brought a coffee near the table, even though it's on video. Um, Yeah, so I think that's what it is. And I think if you want to pretend you're gay, that's totally fine. Here's the problem. You pretend you're gay so that you can compliment a woman's shoes. And what if she vibes you and she's like, thank you, and she feels really comfortable and you're, you have to keep up the gay act. And this is like an episode of Three's Company now. And you're like, what? I'm gay. And you're doing all, you know, you're doing that thing with your hand. And and then it's just like, and she's like, we should be best friends. And then you have to be like, I'm not really gay. And then she's like, what? And she's all mad at you. And maybe that woman was your soulmate. And now you just ruined it because her first impression of you is that for some odd reason you were pretending to be gay just so you could talk to her. But listen, and, and no offense to my gay friends. Uh, friends and listeners out there, but if you want to get, if you want to make a woman, first of all, I guess this is, okay, I guess this is the crux of the argument, and, and this is the stuff that men get upset about, is, and I think you're a great guy, and I think, I thought this was a funny email, but let's just use your email as an example. It's that insistence without knowing that you're insisting, like, What's the best way for me to say something to a woman because I have to and I'm never going to take into consideration that saying nothing, there's still a sense that you can shout out at a woman because she's not threatening, which which means she's lesser than, which means she has to put up with any time anyone wants any of her time. You know, she could be like trying to remember something like her grocery list, like butter, milk, eggs, cheese, butter, milk. And someone's like, nice shoes. And she's like, fuck, you know. That's all I'm saying. Like, we just want... Do you do it to men if you really love shoes? Oh, you like women's fashion? I mean, I don't know. I mean, this could be a red flag. This could be a red flag. It could be totally innocent or a red flag. Um, So I'm not really sure. If I'm dating you, do I want you, like, yelling at women about their shoes? I'm not sure. But I do think your question is funny. And I do think if you want to... uh, do that to someone, just remember that we're not always worried that it's a sexual dynamic, it's a safety thing, and it's a sense of like, could men just stop looking at us and noticing and telling us what they like? Like, she, to be honest, she doesn't care if you like her shoes. It doesn't make her feel better. Go, oh, I made the right choice. A man likes them. She doesn't care. Now, a woman who compliments them, she might care a little more, or she might want compliments. You know what? I've been wearing this hat lately. Men and women alike are complimenting me, and it is the joy of my life when men compliment me on it, but for the weirdest reasons, because I like that men are comfortable saying, I like that fashion choice. And I feel that they're saying it to me, not like, Hey, let's fuck. It's like, and I know everyone at Trader Joe's talks to you, but I really believe the sincerity of the compliment. It's happened at Trader Joe's a couple of times, but I bought a black hat, kind of like a black beret. It looks like I'm a woman from the sixties. Who's like, I'm about to start a revolution. I just had to get the outfit first. So I've got an Urban Outfitters. It's nothing unique. Y'all can get yourselves one. I think it's $15 or something. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I always love, in a weird way, because of the fractured culture we're in, in a weird way, sometimes compliments from men do mean a lot because I can see an example of how a man is actually not objectifying me. He's saying, I like your shoes or I like your hat. So in a weird way, you might not want to pretend you're gay if you want to give her you never know how she's going to react. She might not care. But if she's anything like me, she might be like, that's super cool that that guy wanted nothing than to say that. And and that that's going to bring a, a brightness to her day more than like, oh, good, he approves of my shoes. But just make sure you're you're on the go. It's like an Aaron Sorkin. Walk and talk. Walk and talk. Don't like corner her. Don't interrupt her while she's talking to her friends. Don't 
it's something where, you know, if a stranger talks to you, like you're in an elevator and you're like, thank God I know I'm getting off at the next stop because I know exactly when this conversation ends. If you're in line, super long line at Starbucks and you bring it up, it's like, ugh, now I got to turn around. Just make it so, just pretend it was a man and think, um, I don't want to make this person feel like I'm going to small talk their ass off forever. So, but I do think that in certain situations, pretend whatever gay means, whatever gay means. I mean, I've met so many uh, comedians lately who are gay as the day is long and you would never quote know it um, the way I used to in my youth growing up when, you know, um, anyone gay on TV was a caricature, but you know, it's like people are people. I'm going to go and sing that song. But, you know, some gay guys are like, hello. And some are like, dude, I'm smoking so much pot up here in Portland. It's like you never know. You never know anymore. They're everywhere. They hide among us. So I think that if you want to pretend you're a stereotypical gay guy like it's like it's a Jack Tripper, go ahead. I mean, if you really need to say something about her shoes and you need to be gay to do it, that's fine. But just remember, check your privilege. Just say to yourself, wow, I'm still a man insisting that I must say something to a woman. And if you do it to men too, that's fine. Then you're just a weird guy about shoes. But that's all. Just, hey, things to ponder. I went way too deep with that question, but I also answered it in a silly way, which I believe is yes. You can be like, honey, love the shoes. Or you can be like a straight guy who people think is gay. Do you remember the sketch Lyle the Effeminate Heterosexual from Saturday Night Live? Yes. First of all, someone tweeted me today that they love texture and they lay in bed all day reading their magazines. And I think that's fantastic. I, again, cannot believe that my shoulder is so much better because I'm not carrying this giant purse thing that I take on planes with all my magazines in them. Um, I am truly reading them on my Kindle, or I call it Kindle. I call my iPad my Kindle because I am 107 years old. And you're like, Jen, what the hell is texture? I'm telling you, it's an app that has gone beyond delivering just the magazine itself. They, they deliver magazines to your whatever you want to read it on, your phone, your tablet, whatever. But... They also make it easy to find and enjoy the articles you want to read with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. Texture makes magazines easy. There are so many great ones out there. I will tell you the ones that I use on my texture. This is just some of them. Is Real Simple, Vanity Fair, Vogue, Rolling Stone, Cosmopolitan, In Style. Um, God, I have so many more. I'll read L, L Decor. I mean, this is some chick shit, you know. Uh, I'll read Glamour. I'll read Interview. Vanity Fair. Did I say Vanity Fair already? Um, Teen Vogue, which is like breaking all the Russia news. The New Yorker. New York Magazine. W. W is a great magazine, and it's so giant in real life. You're like, well, I don't need to carry something the size of a poster, you know. Um, but there's so many more. There's ones for dudes. If we're going to, if we're going to be gender, you know, stereotypical, there's sports ones, there's cooking ones, there's home decor ones, uh, runner's world. I mean, there's, there's literally hundreds, Maxim money stuff. Money stuff is not a magazine, but there's stuff about money. National geographic kids, motor trend, motorcyclist, golf digest, GQ, Esquire, Time. So, what it is. Instead of buying a bunch of magazines a month that's going to cost you, you know, tens and twenties and thirties of dollars, Texture is $9.99 a month and you get over 200 magazines. If you sign up right now, though, you get a 14 day free trial. So, it's Texture, T E X T U R E dot com slash fun. So, Why subscribe to just a couple of magazines when you can literally have all of these on your smartphone or tablet all the time for way less? It was also selected as one of Apple's top 2016 iPad apps. I know you're like, well, I don't want to commit $9.99 a month to magazines. Oh, really? You're going to buy at least three this month. And you're going to be like, crap, I could have had all this. And 
I don't have to carry around all these damn magazines. I am loving it. It's environmentally friendly. Don't forget that. So, texture.com. Read all about it. T-E-X-T-U-R-E dot com slash fun. F-U-N. Would that ever be okay today? No, and that's a shame. (laughs) (laughs) See, I was watching it the other night. If, If anyone's not familiar, for my woke millennial out there. When you watch it, you're going to be like, oh, my God, is this from the 40s? Is this what Jen Kirkman grew up watching? It's so over the top. It's ridiculous. And it's really just one of those things where it's like we all know the guy who seems gay and he's not. And he doesn't seem to have the self-awareness that he's acting in stereotypically gay ways. And then when he does super stereotypical straight things, it just looks funny. And like, yeah, it's stereotype. It's I'm sorry. It's funny. It's funny. And I'm not saying it's the only kind of comedy we should have, but that's a great name for a special. I'm sorry. It's funny. That is a great name for a special. I'm going to write that down. I don't think that's, I feel like I would have no material to back that up. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, I've, I've offended people by accident, but yeah, I mean, he was like, what? It's so stupid. Um, but, you know, if you watched it through a woke lens, you'd be like, are they saying that every gay person does this? Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot to learn and move on in the world. Um, okay, well, how long have I been doing? I need to do my talk space ad. I don't need to do it. I don't mean to act like... Uh. Thanks for whispering into the microphone. <laughs> um, everybody, this this podcast today is sponsored to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company. This 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 company has been with me since I asked them if I could advertise. I was so believing in the product, and uh, and they, it's turned out they've loved my eye seam funners. And um, I'm glad that y'all are, are getting your therapy, getting your help. Now, I was thinking today, I'm so stressed. I have been working 18-hour days. I'm working on a script for a pilot, and it's a lot of fucking work. It's unreal how much work it is. That's why it's amazing to me when I watch these Hallmark movies and a woman has a job and she doesn't have to explain what it is or why it makes any sense or why she can give up her job as a lawyer to be an ice sculptor, and that's like a viable salary it there's no logic in them they're holding coffee cups that are empty it, there's it, it's insane and it makes my head spin so i'm writing a script and i'll be like well i think she gets annoyed with her friend here why you know because you get the network and the studio and the producers why is she annoyed with her friend well they've been spending too much time together what but why what's the inciting incident that makes her realize she's annoyed i don't fucking know and they ask these deep philosophical questions which is really funny because if you watch any sitcom it doesn't seem deep and philosophical but to get all this if you if you do this long drippy two-hour you know indie film i guess you don't need to show why someone gets annoyed it it it, you just see it yourself but in a 21 minute sitcom yeah you do need something more than because i said so she's annoyed with her it needs to be a moment like so i called your date for you and I scheduled a second one. You'd be like, Susan, but out of my life. You know, even though you're already annoyed with Susan, she needs to do something. And and I'm just not good with having people do things and know when to react. I guess I'm not good at writing scripts, what I'm saying. But um, so it's been a lot of work, but it's been fulfilling and and freaking wonderful. And I've written scripts before, but I've never worked with such great um, people. And and I feel really challenged and in a good way. And I I just, oh my God, I need this pilot to get shot. And that soundbite on its own sounds like I'm a terrorist. Thank you. Does Talkspace really want this in their ad, me making pilot shot jokes? Of course they don't. So Talkspace, if you're listening, um, please release Hillary Clinton's 30,000 emails. Wait, no, I'm confusing that with what I was going to say to Russia. Oh my God, Talkspace, I'm trying to get, what I'm trying to say is Talkspace is the sponsor of this episode, Talkspace.com, Therapy for How We Live Today. Now, now here's my point. I'm sitting there so stressed out writing, and I'm looking at other things like Hallmark films, and I'm like, they, they don't seem like they have any notes. They just do whatever. Nothing makes sense. And I haven't had time to see my therapist this week. And when I'm stressed about things, then I'm doing another project. It's a, a podcast project, and I'm just working a lot, and I haven't had a lot of time for self-care. But the way I talk to myself in my head is so much different than it used to be since I started therapy. I don't victim it, oh, woe is me, or what if I get sick, or what if this, or what if that. It's just like keep your head down, do the work, 
feel your feelings, check in, know yourself. So, Jen, when you get off a long jag of work like this and you're finally having time to, like, connect with your feelings, what types of things do you normally do? What kind of self-care can you build on? A, it's, it's like you get to know yourself. And when people say, oh, therapy, I need to do it on my own, it's like you do do it on your own. You learn new skills so that you can handle life on your own. Um, so you're not the, the person I was crying at brunch. So that's my pitch for therapy. And now let me tell you about Talkspace. If you do not have a therapist that you can get to, do not have great health insurance, do not have the money, Talkspace solves all those problems. You don't need a car, don't need money, don't need fame, don't need no credit card to ride this train. Okay, I don't know if I'm supposed to sing The Power of Love by Huey Lewis during my ads, but I did. So we need to take better care of ourselves, and that's why mental health is no exception. So Talkspace, again, you don't need car, (laughs) and you don't need insurance, you don't need a lot of money. It's the only online therapy company that makes it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for as little as $32 a week. You can send your therapist text, audio, and video messages, or even do a live video chat. Talkspace therapists, they are fully licensed. They go through a rigorous screening process in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training, just like all therapists, because they're therapists. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash Jen, J-E-N. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code Jen to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast. That's Jen, and it's Talkspace.com slash Jen. Talkspace therapy for how we live today. Great. Look at all my papers rustling. Oh, I want to read something. So my sales in Detroit this year were terrible, terrible, terrible. You know, they just were. I had 200 people there, which most people are like, oh, that's great. It was fi- it, The place sat like five, 600 people. And I haven't been to Detroit in a long time. I usually do Pontiac, Michigan, Grand Rapids. People were like, come to Detroit. Now, I don't take requests of where to come. I know the cities that I'm going to tour in based on a lot of things. It's too boring to get into. Please don't tell comics to come to cities. We hate it. Anyway, but I thought, well... I went back in the in my mind and I went, well, people have been talking about Detroit, so I bet I'll have a good crowd there when I go. And I did it and I couldn't figure it out. And then I think it's because I talk about how I didn't support Bernie Sanders in the primary and that was a big Bernie area. Um, and I had a lot of booing at my show when I talked about um, how some of his followers uh, treated me. I had a story about a guy who chased me into a parking garage screaming that Bernie is a feminist and that I'm wearing a fake fur coat and it means that I want to look like I abuse animals. So these are the young woke people that are getting a little too crazy, in my opinion, about um, it's just so funny. The the whole point of the joke is really it's just, again, everything always comes back to me. I'm not bashing Bernie Sanders in my act because I don't have anything funny to say about it. I'm talking about how as a 43-year-old woman who was like a flaming liberal feminist her whole life. I'm being called like the establishment and the status quo by young kids. And I think it's so funny, except that I'm really bothered by it. And my friends who have teenagers are like, Jen, that's what it's like. You know, you're my friend is like this, like, you know, kind of social social issues like warrior. She's an amazing woman. And her kids are like, ugh, gross. You're not woke. You suck. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like, And so it's just really funny. Like each generation thinks they're saving the world. And I think people who don't understand like what my generation um, has seen and has not seen and has, you know, progress and steps back and all that, they think I'm baby boomers. Like, and I know there's a lot of books out right now about baby boomers kind of fucked everything up and um, they think them that. So it's very interesting. Um, but, oh, and this is really cool. When Gloria Steinem said during, during, I've always been wanting to say this. It's all coming out now. It's all coming out. I guess it's not a listener email episode. Gloria Steinem said during the primary, you know, the boy, the girls go where the boys go and the boys are going for Bernie. Everyone was like, oh my God, fuck her. She's old feminist. She's so rude. We're feminists. We're women. We don't like Bernie just because the boys do. I know exactly what she meant. And it came out really clunk-a-dunk. There was a period, even me who loved Hillary, and I also used to really love Bernie, 
there was a period where all that, like all the propaganda news was starting to get to me. And every day I would wake up and there'd be a new hashtag like Hillary murdered someone and Hillary said women should, you know, roll around in the mud. And I was like, is this true? And I was like, God, what if this is true? Fuck, like, I don't, what if she is bad? What if I'm just being like, and I was really just like, I got it, like get my head together. And um, I've always loved her. Is she an older woman? Yes. There's a great chapter in her book about her relationship with women of color and the revolutions that they've started that she's been in on and the the dynamic, the difficulty of being um, the real deal about white and black people being friends. And I experienced it in my own friendships with my black friends. And she talked about it honestly, like the times when they just don't understand each other or Hillary has to compromise on some bill and, you know, something like that. So it was really like, wow, I've never seen anyone talk this honestly about race before. And all of her mentors are black women from the 60s and all this. So anyway, I'm fully into it. I think what Gloria Steinem meant, and, and Gloria is a woman and she's been a revolutionary for a really long time, is that even women can question their own opinions. And if a bunch of boys are running around seeing that they're woke and they get it, and they have all this excitement, it's easy to kind of go, well, I want to live in a post-gender world. I don't want to just like the woman candidate because she's a woman. And this Bernie guy, the guys are telling me that he's, you know, pretty feminist. And, well, that's where the fun revolution is. Like, the other side, just ladies talking about policy. Like, you almost sort of believe that the men know more than you and because they're usually more like yelling about it. And so I think that's what she meant. She wasn't like the girls all want to fuck the guys and that's where they go. It's like, unfortunately, there's still an age where you're sort of the it's sort of like I'm like a guy and that's like supposed to be cool. Like, yeah, I'm not even like a, and I'm not talking about like actual people who are like non-binary gender. I mean, that sense of like, oh, I'm one of those cool girls because I'm like a guy like and it's like, oh, no. And so I think she was saying they're caught under the influence still of the youth movements have often been like a lot of men up front being loud and loud and a lot of women in the back doing the work. And I think she was just saying that it's kind of the sexier thing, which I can't believe I'm saying that about a Bernie Sanders revolution, but it was kind of the sexier option to do that. And, and I think they got like, they did that thing that they don't even know they're doing that. Like they inherently followed the lead of men. So that's all I think she was trying to say. It's a complicated dynamic and issue she was talking about. She got shit on for it. Um, but I have been asked to do comedy at a benefit for the Ms. Magazine Foundation. Oh, my God. Oh, baby boomer feminist magazine. You suck. And it's at Caroline's Comedy Club. And it's November 29th. And now this is why it's so fucking exciting. It ties back to my breakup on Christmas. So... I get to be there. Gloria Steinem's making a speech. Jen Kirkman, the Gloria Steinem of comedy. I mean, you may remember some of my most famous feminist bits, such as uh, a guy who didn't know what a lime was. And uh, I don't have any feminist comedy. I'm, but uh, well, maybe I do a bit about street harassment. Look, a woman on stage is powerful. So anyway, I'm really excited because I've never met her. I interviewed her on the phone when I was 20 and I had a web magazine um, and I want to give her a necklace from my collection. So I hope I get to meet her. I mean, it would seem absurd to me that I'm on an event with her, but like somehow she's going to be hidden away. I think she's a woman of the people. Um, anyway, I'm beyond excited, you guys. So, And I'm also coming back to New York City to play Caroline's Comedy Club in January. I said to my agent, I says to him, agent, I love New York City. Any chance I can go there, I would love to. And I know I just played the Brooklyn Bell House but I never do comedy clubs in New York. And as a young thing coming up in New York City who wasn't quite um, good enough yet to do clubs, I really like to go back in a triumphant way. Now, Caroline's is like, it's a great comedy club, but they do end up getting a lot of tourists in. So it's almost like a road gig where like you're actually not really performing for New Yorkers. So it's a great club that you can go to and perform and then still go do Brooklyn Bell House like three months later because it's not going to be the same crowd. But if y'all want to go to like a proper comedy club and see what that experience looks like, I think you will love it. Um, tickets will be on sale soon on my website. Anyway, look, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I get to go back to New York three times in the next two months. I'm spending my Christmas there. So anyway, as you guys know, I got dumped on Christmas last year. I say on Christmas because it's more dramatic, but it was two days later. And that's what my sitcom's about, and that's why I wanted to get picked up. So anywho, 
my thing with my ex was when we first met, we met in New York around Christmas time. And I was putting myself down. I'm like, oh, I'm too much. I'm too big. I'm too loud. I'm too... And he was like, you're too much in the best way. You're the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Big, bright, bold. So it was such a beautiful thing to say to somebody. And I've always thought of myself that way since then. And uh, this year we went to New York right around the Christmas season. And it was a little bit... It wasn't like the best time. I think he was very stressed out um, about work stuff. And I don't think I was listening. I'm like, you're fine. Let's go shopping. Like I think it was just like a total man-woman dynamic. And I think he was starting to have doubts then. And... He sort of expressed them in front of the fucking Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. And I was like, are you kidding me? This this, this tree that's been the symbol of me going, you know what? He's right. I am not too much. I'm a great person. And uh, so I'm like, I never want to see that goddamn tree again. Well, wouldn't you know it? Caroline's Comedy Club is right near the Rock Center tree. The hotel they put me up at, I have to walk by it. Wednesday the 29th when I'm doing the Glorious Dynam show is the tree lighting. Is the tree lighting. And I know that that's the universe saying, Jen, we have held you through this every step of the way. You've had a terrible year of getting over it, but you've also had an amazing year because you were protected every step of the way. You know, like you didn't find out anything about him. You don't know what he's up to. It's You've heard things here and there, but you found them out at the right times when you were able to handle it. Like, And... Christmas has always been your thing. And you can be the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree on your own. You don't need him or her or anyone to tell you you're this wonderful person who's not crazy. And I think that's the journey that I went on this year was I was like, oh, my God, because my ex is not he's a a flawed individual, as he'll tell anybody. And he's had a, a hard life. And he's, you know, compared to like Mr. Button up normal, he's probably like put him in the fucked up category. And so I thought like, but I mean that with love. I say that about anyone, but I, I thought, well, if someone who's got a past of being fucked up can dump me, it must mean I'm crazy. Like that's my self-esteem was so bad. And so this year I went on a journey of the self-esteem and I'm like, no, 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 no. It doesn't mean anything about me. I am a worthy, lovely person who's not out of control, insane. And if people think that about me, like it don't really care. It's not true. And so I feel as though being sent to New York the night the tree is lit is not a sad thing. I will not be sitting there like, I used to have a relationship. It's like, oh, yeah, of course I'm there when the tree is lit because I have a magical fucking life. And it's another reminder, you big, bright, beautiful woman. You just got to do a thing with Gloria Steinem. Now you're walking to your hotel. New York, concrete jungle. That's what the song's about, isn't it? It's about my journey. Yeah. Um, So... People, if I can't, I mean, can I stop inspiring you already? I don't think I can. This year has been so great to finally open up and talk about what really happened uh, because I kept it a secret for my listeners for a long time. And so what really happened, meaning I had a breakup. I didn't tell anyone I had one. Anyway, that is by all the way of saying that my Detroit numbers were a little low. And I was like, what in the fuck is happening? And I found out. That the night of the show, this woman, this woman, my publicist sends out things to all the local listings. If you want to put it in your local listing at your newspaper, Detroit Free Press, Metro Times, great. Every other paper in every other city, put it up. Comedian Jen Kirkman coming. Here's the tickets. There's a tour flyer. This is what this woman wrote. Comedian, <clears throat> author, and bougie feminist jewelry designer Jen Kirkman to perform in Detroit. Bougie is such an insult, such a Bernie broette term. Sorry, you guys, but you see how you behave. So no one really came to my show in Detroit. And I think because the youth there don't like me. They think I'm old woman establishment. Comedian, best-selling author, and non-model Jen Kirkman got her start by appearing on Chelsea Lately for roundtable discussions. Now, I used to have a joke about, I know you're like, What's, why is a model doing stand-up? It was a long time ago when I was sort of a tomboy. She has a knack for saying what we're all thinking. Quote, I don't want to have kids because I'm selfish and I don't want to gain weight. I never said this. You're sh- shaking your head. You don't know if I've said that. I know it's not in your special. Oh, well, I said it. I think on an album or in a special at one point, sarcastic, it's, 
it's that's yeah. what that's what people think. Yeah. Oh, you just don't want to gain weight or you're selfish. So I go, you know, so I don't want kids because I'm selfish. I don't want to gain weight like sarcasm. She wrote it as though it's fact. And I think that sounds really shitty. Like who would say I don't want to gain weight? Like it's a miracle of birth. It's a beautiful thing to gain weight if you're pregnant. If you gain weight from eating cheese in bed at night on the road, I mean, it's not as much of a miracle. Um, that way I don't want to gain weight. And talking about taboo ish topics it's just always everything's a little cutting like yeah. oh you're so but she also recently released a line of jewelry through bobble bar it sounds really bougie parentheses and it is it sounds so she didn't look at all when then she in parentheses and it is so she did look oh. but pieces include gold plated necklaces yeah it's gold plated it's for young women it's not like there's also real gold some of them are 300 bucks but it's yeah it's fun they call it it's not even called costume jewelry anymore it's called something else but it's like 44 bucks it's like yeah that's what it is it's fun gold plated i'm sorry what should it be a diamond um include say things like feminist af so at least someone is profiting off her struggle to dismantle the patriarchy so i'm profiting off feminism it's like she doesn't know what i do with my money maybe i give to good causes and and it's also like I actually think it's kind of cool to wear words like that around your neck if because it starts conversation. And what Beyonce put the word feminist behind. What, what can I say? It was so insulting. And then she put a clip of me from 2007 Jeez. on the thing. Nothing from Conan, Colbert. And I was just like, this was so disgusting. I was so angry at her. I looked up what bougie means and I'm going to read it. And I don't even know if these people are using it correctly. Aspiring to be a higher class than one is, derived from bourgeoisie, meaning middle upper class traditionally despised by communists. When my friend Maya wears a blazer or Lucy gets a massage, I call them bougie because we're unemployed college students. So I'm actually not bougie because I am in that higher class, no offense. Like I'm not broke. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a working woman of the upper middle class. So I don't really understand what that was. But that's why my ticket sales were low in Detroit. And if you want to find that article, you can find it. I don't want to put this woman on blast, as the kids say. And this happened a month and a half ago. But Aaron, sometimes I write things down. I never get to them. I don't want you to think I'm holding a grudge and like I'm a bad person. No, no. It's I mean, but that's awful. That's not helpful. (laughs) It's not helpful. And by the way, she don't got to be helpful. But I think if she doesn't want to be helpful, what she should do, just not don't list it. Instead, it's like, I didn't know Jen Kirkman was like this. I've heard her name around you. Ew, I don't like her at all. Yeah. It's like, here's the thing that's happening, and it's terrible. <laughs> oh, I laughed too loud. Oh, the levels. The levels. The levels. The levels. How much time do we have left? I might read one more question. We're at 52. Okay, let me just read one more, and then we'll go. Then we'll go. Um, oh, my God. I have so many articles to read. Maria Bamford wrote a beautiful – maybe we'll end on this – No, you know what? Maybe I'll save that for Thanksgiving because I think it's kind of inspiring. Yeah, I don't need to read. No, maybe I will. Let's talk mental. I don't know what to do. No, I'll read that another time. Oh, my God. I'm losing my shit. Losing my shit. Um, Let's just find one quick more. See, that's why I wanted to read her thing because I don't have uh, one. Oh, you know what? I have listener emails on here. Um, This woman... Oh, here's what I want to know. I want everyone to write in Die Hard, subject heading Die Hard. Write me, iSeemFun at gmail.com. I want to know a few things. I want to know what everyone's favorite holiday movies are, um, whether they're new or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and write them. I want everyone to write their favorite Christmas song and their least favorite and the one that makes them cry. And just try to keep it brief and just send me those. Um, So there's two emails you're going to send. My favorite things. And that you have to put that in the subject heading or it won't get read. And so you put favorite Christmas movie, least favorite Christmas movie, favorite Christmas song, least favorite Christmas song. And if you want to put the song that makes you cry. And that's what I'd like to know. May I? Right now? Go. Sure. Uh, favorite Christmas movie is Christmas Vacation. Uh-huh. Has to be. Uh-huh. Second favorite, Die Hard. Okay. This is, okay, this is a giant discussion then that we're going to have in a future episode. Okay. Christmas song. Uh, maybe Last Christmas, George Michael. Really? You're yeah. very modern in your Christmas tastes. Yeah. And then maybe like uh, Blue Christmas, Elvis. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 
Do you have one that makes you cry? You get welled up and you're like, don't play that one. Um, uh, no, not really. Do you know what the worst Christmas song ever is? And I can't believe it. It's like it should. It basically erases his entire catalog of Beatles songs. Is simply having a wonderful uh, Christmas time. I didn't know that was Paul McCartney. Yeah, why did yeah. he? Why did he do that? I don't know. It's not good. It's not music. No. I can't even. Okay, so here's. Okay, so I want my favorite things. You put that in there. And because uh, I want to do some holiday themed episodes. And so you, you're going to do that. I seem fun at gmail.com. If you tweet it at me or put it in the Facebook, it's too confusing. So just please, they're not going to listen. They're going to tweet. Um, and then I want you to tell me if you're breaking tradition this year. I think last year we talked about did the election affect if you're going home. Tell me this year if you have any new traditions that are just for you, like sort of a, you know, your own your own thing so all of that is is under uh my favorite things and and you can do that you can title it that or christmas traditions whatever okay now then a separate thing called die hard i do not consider it a christmas movie it takes place over christmas okay it's really not this is the discussion and i can be convinced either way i want people to write to me um why they do or do not consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. Because we, this, and then you add, uh, I seem fun at gmail.com. And then I'm going to read them. So do it sooner rather than later, people. Because that is, is that is that what makes a Christmas movie? Is that it's at Christmas? Do they have a lesson at the end that draws it back to Christmas? A, no, a lesson really. at the end. Yeah. There's usually not guns in a Christmas movie. <laughs> Although there is a pistol and it's a wonderful life. People forget. A very, a very hot and heavy scene where the, the police have a pistol and they're shooting at George Bailey. There's a ton of gun. There's a whole SWAT uh, incursion in Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah, true, true, <laughs> true. And I guess in like Christmas Story. and Yeah, that's true. But I don't know, Die Hard. So I would like the debate because I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it isn't because I don't know what criteria by which I am judging. So I want to he- be convinced um, oh, people sending me their love advice. I'm like, people, anytime your love advice, here's my love advice to everybody. I met a guy, but here's the thing. And blah, if it's that long, no, you're addicted to longing. You are trying to make something work to fulfill some fantasy. You have a fear. Just get rid of him. Get rid of him. <clears throat> I'm sure he's great. It's not about him or her. It's how do you feel? Are you in stress and drama all the time? Is your heart racing? Are you writing long letters to a podcast? It's not a healthy thing. You're better off by yourself until you can figure it out. And unfortunately, the problem is not with him, it's with you. So I I need everyone to do that. I need everyone to Google about addiction to longing. People can have, and maybe addiction is too strong a word, but it's like um, they can't stop. They can't help themselves. It's, It's weird. Like, you know, people who cut themselves and love pain, there's, there's like emotional versions of that. People um, always get into situations where they're longing or chasing or dreaming and it's it's a way of avoiding real intimacy and reality so google all that stuff you'll find great books on it but this if your advice needs to be more than two sentences your question then the thing isn't healthy advice would be like my husband snores and he's afraid to get uh, a sleep apnea mask because he thinks it's just weird like should we get separate bedrooms like that's an advice question and the answer is you have to dump him, too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, what was I going to do? Die hard. Oh, my God. We did that, yeah. But I was I was like, oh, before I do this, and I was going to read something. Oh, this letter. Sorry. Oh, my God. I literally have Alzheimer's. Okay. We're going to end on this. Oh, this woman is writing me. She really hopes there's going to be a child-free necklace in my collection. I hope she knows there is. There's some weird thing on Bobble Bar where it looks like you can only get the child-free and the over 40 and the fancy version. It's not true. Um, You just have to go to the section called the I Know What I'm Doing Necklace Collection section. You'll see it. Okay. She just wanted to say what she finds fun. Shopping for stationery. Ooh, yes. 
paper source, tending to my houseplants, watching my dog play with other dogs at the dog park, organizing books and papers. I am 27, hashtag millennial, and new in Seattle. One thing I cannot enjoy is breweries, brew pubs, microbreweries, nanobreweries, and beer festivals, beer culture. I don't like IPAs, the taste of hops, none of it. This does not bother me, except for the fact that so many social activities here are beer-focused. And being new, I am eager to hang out. So I go along and endure strange looks as I order a soda water. You're a non-drinker too, right? I, yeah, I don't drink. And do you hate beer culture or like, let's go to a wine tasting? I don't, I don't get any of it because I don't think beer tastes good at all. I don't either. Although once a year I get a weird craving for a cold beer, but it doesn't, it's just a weird thing. I don't like alcohol and that is a shocker to people. Yeah. I like wine. I, mean, I know wine's alcohol, but it was someone said to me like, well, they don't have wine here. I'm like, okay, then I just won't drink. And people are like, what? And I'm like, well, it's not that I wanted to drink. I wanted to drink wine. So I don't know. The, like, I don't want vodka and I don't want this. But I find it hard to hang out with people who are drinking if I'm not. Because yeah. they start to get drunk and it's like, oh, God, they're going to repeat themselves the next time I see them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know I'm serious. All right. Well, that was sort of a. Weird question to end on because it wasn't a question. But I do love people sending me what they think is fun uh, as opposed to other people because that's the whole point of this goddamn podcast. It was a joy being in studio with you. I'll come back. I'm I'm trying to uh, come back once. I'd love to do once every other week or something. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I am so hungry. I'm going to kill myself. I shouldn't say I'm going to kill myself. That's not. This is a tough time of year for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Everybody. Come see me in Cleveland, Oklahoma City, December 2nd. Don't forget Los Angeles, the sixth annual dysfunctional Jen Kirkman Christmas show. Oh, my God. I have I have friends of mine that have been in Hallmark movies, and we're going to do discussions about it. I have amazing guests, including the hilarious Sam Pancake. I hope you come to the show. JenKirkman.com. Click tour dates for all your all your needs to get tickets for that. This year, the book drive, uh, it's going to be Barnes & Noble. You bring a book. It goes to children's thing or whatever. And then uh, raffles. We're going to do raffles, and that's going to be donated to the Los Angeles Food Bank. It's a great way to feel good about yourself um, by coming to the show and, and bringing a book and raffling and all that stuff. And it's going to be great. And I'm going to have a very small tour in 2018. Um, and I'm calling it the I Don't Give a Fuck Tour. I Don't Give a Fuck Tour 2018. I don't really know what it means. It just means I don't give a fuck. Uh well, it's because of one of my new jokes where I talk about now that I'm 43, I really just really comfortable with myself. But I'm going to be playing like way smaller venues because, well, because I'm, I'm sick of pushing so hard every time I play a giant venue. Like the work involved is insane. So I want to play small venues, work out some stuff to try to get a, uh, another Netflix special ready and, and going. I'm not saying they gave me one. I'm just saying we're working on it. So, all right, y'alls. Jen Kirkman signing off. Oh, and that's uh, until next week. Have fun.